0: Welcome back to a new episode of The Talk, the podcast about Nordic entrepreneurship from Nordea Private Banking. I'm Walter Neslund, and today we are going to talk about travel. Perhaps travel is not what has been top of mind for people for the past couple of years, but still there's innovation happening in the field of travel booking. The Swedish entrepreneur we're going to meet today has not only reinvented travel booking, but also the way in which customer service is handled. This is the founder and CEO of Chatflights, Alexis Barnikov. Alexis, so good to have you on. And uh, Chatflights, I think we need to start there. What is Chatflights? Thank you for
1: having me. Chatflights is basically, it's a traditional travel agency in an app. So, Basically, if you imagine that you are a business traveler or a private traveler and you need help booking and planning your travels, then there are in many cases, situations where you turn to a traditional travel agent. Why I say traditional is that it's not online. It's someone that it's actually a person that you get help from. We work in exactly the same way. The only difference being that we chat with our customers through an app that's one of the differences. The other difference is that we are specialized in points and miles as well as paid travel. So so that kind of sets us apart from other traditional travel agencies.
0: Well, that sounds like something I would be very interested in because I I don't know how many points I've wasted through the years. Is that a common thing?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, that's especially among frequent flyers, that's a pretty big problem. And when I launched this app four years ago, we, we actually didn't have that idea in mind. Uh, we were we were aiming at, you know, the traditional type of travel, flights and uh, hotels and things like that. But I, I soon noticed that uh, this was a problem that many of our frequent travelers had, and I, I realized that when you are, uh, when you have a travel agency, it's all about solving difficult problems. So we were actually looking for difficult problems to solve, and so we we understood that that there was a lot of value in solving this problem, finding flights for miles. So so that became one of our our main USPs. And, and that's one of the reasons many people turn to us is because they need help with their miles and points, but it's currently about 50% of uh, what we sell is, is with points and miles, but the rest is traditional travel and that's actually growing. So.
0: Yeah, it's it sounds like this would be uh almost uh, to me in any ways that it would be almost like a way in to be like okay how can I use my points better? But once you get in there and you realize that this is much like a luxury concierge service in a way or something similar, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So so you're exactly right. So so many people find out about us because they have this problem with points. But what they often notice when they start using the app is that they they find that the the way of communicating communicating through chat in an app is is um, is something that people really like. It's it's what I feel often the most proud of when i talk about my service is actually the technology and the way we communicate with our customers because it's 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 a new way and it's it's you know we use messaging which means that you can send us a message when you have time and then you just put your phone in your pocket and you get a notification when when we answer you which means that you can you can kind of spread out the conversation across the day and you don't have to wait in phone lines and you don't have to look through your messy emails and things like that so then people just you know they start using us for miles but then they start after that they start booking everything to us because they like the format
0: it sounds almost like it that would be a, could be implemented anywhere you know chatting about anything i think i guess we do that already uh, on the computer but just having a chat app like with your friends but you solve all your other problems too you know where you're always in these, these uh, phone queues and all that stuff
1: When people use chat uh, in a web service, like for instance, you chat with a customer service in a bank or something, um, that's a a different experience because then you're kind of in a hurry. Uh, I think you you recognize a situation where you kind of write to a customer service representative online and then you just sit there and wait for an answer when you do that in an app when you have notifications it's actually a totally different experience because then it it doesn't really matter if you get a reply immediately you can you can wait you can take a couple of hours until you get a reply because you get a notification and and then you can you can reply when you want to and that actually changes the whole dynamic of of um, uh, communicating with with a customer service agent and we've started to look into using the same technology and you know white label it for for totally different things. And we, we actually call it slow chat. And it's, it's a really ex- interesting experience because it, it's, it's nice. It's easy. And people are used to it.
0: It happens to me all the time that I get thrown out of chats when oh, yeah. I do this chat uh, on my computer, uh, which is the most irritating thing in the world, basically. It's
1: very irritating. And it's it's so interesting because um, the web chat solutions, they try to solve that by, you know, sending a text message that, you you know, they, they say uh, you have an unanswered, you get an email that says you have an unanswered uh, chat waiting for you. And then you have to find your way back there and you can't really find your way back. So it's it's a bad UX. It's not a good experience. And so the only way to really do this in a way that works, that is good for the customer is through an app. And once you do it that way, there's no problem.
0: It sounds a little bit like you could implement it in the regular Messages app too, or no? Like yes, yeah, so you could. I mean, you
1: could, use, uh, you could use WhatsApp, you could use Messenger, which, which in essence is the same thing. But there are a lot of pretty big problems with that. The first thing, if you look at Messenger, for instance, it's riddled with spam, which means, which is a problem for the supplier. So if you would imagine a bank or, or anything like that, they have trouble using Messenger because they're just spammed all the time. That, that problem you don't really have with WhatsApp, even though it, it it does. there is a little bit of spam there. But then you have other problems, which is solved by an app. For instance, uh, if you use payment links in WhatsApp, you're sent to a separate website and you're not really in the experience anymore. You're sent somewhere else. And things like we do, like when we place bookings, then you can stay in the app and you can actually get... Uh, A visualized, really nice experience of seeing your booking and clicking once to confirm it, which leads to the payment page. So you can create these, um, you can create much better experiences where you actually stay in the app and the app is used for other things than only communication if you look at customer service, for instance, you know, having all these different ways in where you can phone, you can email, you can WhatsApp, you can do all that. It tends to become really messy. And and I really believe in if you really want to create a digital experience that works for your customers, you really need to start removing a lot of stuff and you really need to stop compromising and trying to you know lead people in all these different ways because it's not going to help you in the long run you need to decide one really specific way of communicating with your customers and doing it well
0: yeah, it so- sounds like an aw- awesome awesome idea actually I, you know it's, it's kind of like you communicate with your friends these days You're, most most of that is asynchronous uh, and chat based in my world at least and I would almost want that app that you have but with like the friends being different companies I interact with
1: it's, it's. I'm really impressed that you use the, the the term asynchronous because, uh, yeah, I, when I explain this, I say there's a word for it and it's, there's a nice word for it. It's called asynchronous <laughs> communication and it's, it's, yeah, and it's really to the core of what this is. Uh, and it's really interesting because as you said, that is how you communicate with your customers. In, in when you read about uh, digital solutions today, there are a lot of people that, that talk about the attention span that you don't have any patience you want immediate res- responses but i don't agree with that that's not true it doesn't work that way when you communicate with your with your friends actually you're you're fine that people get back to you later what you what you want is not fast answers what you want is control you want to understand that someone has received your message and you want to understand how the digital how how the tool works so that you can trust that there will be an answer coming back to you later
0: i feel that the the reason you and I both use the word asynchronous could be that we're both fellow engineers. Is
1: that true? No, I'm not an engineer. No, I I studied business in Stockholm at, at Stockholm School of Economics. But but I've I've ever since then I haven't I never went to banking and that type of stuff. I started working with app building and things from the start. But I've never been on the engineer side. I've always been on the um, on the design and consumer experience side.
0: But I also saw, I looked through your CV here and I also saw that you, you are an ex ice cream salesman.
1: That's right. I started, so after studying, I started working for Unilever at the uh, amazing uh, Swedish company Geberglass. Uh, I was a trainee there uh, for my first three years. That was a great experience. I really liked working there and I learned a lot, but I was very early on in my career. I wanted to uh, start my own business. So, so that, 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 that lasted for only three years. What drew you to that? I mean, personally, I think it has a little bit to do with that I'm a, a bit of a risk lover. I grew up with um, with a mother that always, uh, uh, you know, said that what I did was good. I think I think that's the explanation. So I I'm not afraid of doing things. So yeah, so I I, I wanted to dig into entrepreneurship and all the risks
0: involved in that early on. I always say that the job of entrepreneurs in society is to be the optimists of society uh, but I guess also the risk the risk takers.
1: Well I guess, yeah I guess that's well that's in many ways the same thing isn't it? I really believe in that also. I think optimism is a super important trait among entrepreneurs because if you're I mean if you're a pessimist there are so many things that you can see are in the way of you succeeding. So if you're if you're a little bit pessimistic you will not take the step to do it. I've been an entrepreneur for fifteen years, and I've my my first eleven years, with it was in an event tech company, and and that went that went quite well, but you know not at all as well as I'd hoped. So yeah, I'm still there working to reach my goals.
0: Well, I think yeah, I guess the the, the lawyers are probably the the pessimists of society, right?
1: yeah i guess you could say Uh, i'm married to a lawyer we actually make a quite quite good team there because yeah she she helps me see the dangers sometimes but it it can be can also be frustrating because often i don't want to see the dangers
0: And you also had 10 years at green hat right so green
1: hat people was my first own venture that i started with two former colleagues and um it's a very special company it's 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 had uh, some i'm I'm not there since four or five years. It's the company has had some really tough times uh, due to the pandemic. Because in events, if something has been worse than travel for in the pandemic, it's been corporate events. That company is uh, an event technology company that uses it's a little bit special. it Uses game mechanism to create participation during corporate events. So if you imagine that you have a a room full of 300 people that are listening to a keynote speaker, instead of doing that type of passive communication, we designed game-like workshops that were driven by apps in uh, computer tablets where people answered questions, uh, partook in trivia, played like monopoly-like situations and simulations during corporate events.
0: Sounds a little bit like, like Mentimeter, but you were earlier. It's exactly, it was
1: a little bit earlier than Mentimeter uh, and it was more, so we did, we did do a lot of stuff that is quite similar to Mentimeter, but it was much more immersive. So we designed games uh, where people actually played and gathered points and leveled up and things like that. So if you imagine uh, a Mentimeter session on steroids, that's what we did.
0: So you've managed to hit both event and travel, and now you have COVID. And <laughs> so how has COVID hit you? Has it, that been tough? Or?
1: Uh, it's been very interesting. Um, so we had actually... We hit a little bit of the start, the start of our tipping point when we started to grow substantially was like three or four months prior to COVID. So COVID hit in March and March 2020, and in November 2019 we started to sell really well. So that was tough. I mean, when COVID hit in March 2020, our our turnover went down to rock bottom zero, Uh, and it was that way for approximately three months. And for, all, for everyone else in the travel agency, that, that continued for more than a year. For us, it was actually a little bit different because we started to, that's when we really started to uh, promote our points booking service. And if you look at points booking, so using miles to book travel compared to paid travel, it's a little bit different. People use their points to kind of keep the dream alive. So if you, if you have, say, a couple of hundred thousand euro bonus points, you don't mind using them to book something that you kind of think might not happen, but you do mind paying, say, 50,000 kroners or 5,000 euros. So, so what happened was that even during the pandemic, people used us to book travel for their points because it was a way of keeping the conversation going in the family that, you know, we might be able to travel in the six months. And that kind of saved us. That that was, we, we used, so we, we, you know, we kept our turnover going during the whole pandemic and actually we grew quite substantially especially the last year but basically only with points and now we're seeing during the past three or four months that paid travel is coming back
0: right i can also imagine that people saved up a ton of points when they didn't travel right
1: yeah absolutely and so so now, I mean, looking two months back, three months back, things are really starting to pick up. And one thing that's picking up, which is really interesting for us, is, of course, business travel. So that's coming back. So, so we, we've, we kind of came out on the other end, a little bit bruised. Uh, some of our investors had to be there for us, which was great. And uh, we came out the other end. And now it's a really interesting situation because a lot of the competition isn't there anymore.
0: And you have this new, well, it's not a, not even a new way of communicating. I mean, we are used to communicating that way with our friends, but kind of new new in this world.
1: It's really unique. In, in travel, it's really unique because, I mean, all of the digital solutions are going towards do-it-yourself. So all the innovation, all the tech money is going into platforms where, you know, online travel agencies where you you book for your own yourself. No one is really looking into the traditional human-backed travel service and we're the only ones doing that and and we are we're doing it in a way that is very different from how you would traditionally use a travel agency where you call and email them and and uh, our solution is you know you save a lot of time and and yeah so
0: so it's, it's quite unique so what's next for you guys what what's uh, what's in the in the in the plan for the coming year
1: so yeah so i mean we're we're still kind of recovering from the pandemic we're uh, we're not really we're, you know, we're hoping. We're not really seeing that everything is back yet, but we're we're hoping. So, so we have a lot. We have a Scandinavian focus now. We're quite we're big in Sweden and Norway. Uh, we're looking into Finland as a, a, our next market for our travel agency service. Uh, we're also uh, designing a SaaS model. So we have a few uh, travel agencies actually in really different parts of the world, one in Australia, a couple in the US that are looking into our platform and maybe licensing it. So, so that's another thing that we're doing. And yeah, so that's basically it. We're, we're building our Scandinavian presence and we're we're looking at licensing our technology to other travel players.
0: Well, that sounds, sounds like an awesome plan. I'm, I'm really looking forward to start traveling again and uh, chatting my way into those flights. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: very welcome to use our service. We'd be happy to have you.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're in a beautiful place now in Miami and you probably want to get out in the sun. So thank you so much for spending some time with us and telling us about your company.
1: Thank you. It was great being here. And uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity.